everybody, welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I'm back after a bit of a break. Um, music Therapy is a show where I use my experience as a licensed clinical professional counselor and as a performing musician and songwriter to um, create a space for, um, for creatives and musicians, uh, but it really could apply to anybody, to talk about mental health issues and also talk about issues that are, um, that are you know, in the music community and uh, might be affected by all of this stuff in particular. Hey Carissa, hey David, um, it's good to see you guys. I needed to take a little break in uh, June and I guess most of July. It felt appropriate to take a step back and I also needed it myself, but I am really glad to be back. It feels good to be back. And um, today I'm going to have him on in a second, um, <laughs> as long as he figures out that how to get on here. I don't see him on here yet. Hey guys, hey Carrie, it's nice to see you, it's nice to see you guys. Um, I did miss this. Okay, so Cole of Cole's Bar is going to be on. There he is. I'm going to ask him on in a second. First, I'm going to do a few promos. So, um, a couple things I want to tell you about. One thing that I feel like I want to promote a little bit more is the Bad Songwriter podcast. That's done by Anna Holmquist, where uh, they take, you know, artists and artists talk about the kind of, I guess, embarrassing or early songwriting attempts they made. They share that. I did one of the episodes recently, and it's up on the Bad Songwriter podcast um, website, which is badsongwriter.fireside.fm. There's an Instagram for uh, Bad Songwriter as well. So go check it out. There's a lot of good artists on there, a lot of embarrassing stuff, including my own. Um, and let's see, another promo. I wanted to throw this one in here because I got recently Ty Maxson's gorgeous new album. Um, rooms within rooms and so please check it out it's out on vinyl now it's on streaming services it's really beautiful and um, I just want people to know about it and then the last thing that I'm gonna promote before I ask or before I allow Cole to get on since he's already requested to be on uh, is that tomorrow I'm going to do what was a rescheduled uh, live stream of some songs via Lincoln Hall and Shubas so that's gonna be on their Instagram I'm going to be doing old songs, and I've also written a handful of new songs the past couple months, so um, I'll be airing those a little bit too. So, okay, let's get Cole on here. Hi guys, hi Paul, hi Josh, hi Mom. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm, I'm here. You're hi, seeing my computer. Hi. Oh, wait, hold on, i got to turn the camera around. <laughs> I'm old. I'm OLD. What's going on? <laughs> hi, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's really nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. All right. Well, you told me that, you know, you were an open book and I can ask you absolutely anything. So that's what I'm going to do. Sounds great. Yeah. Ask, ask away. We'll see how, how good your therapy skills. If you get me crying in the first five minutes, 10 minutes, <laughs> you know. Um, my first question for you is, do you prefer whether I call you Cole or Coleman? Um, I would say, you know, they're both my name. I use them in different um, different spheres of my life. So since we're talking about Cole's bar, you can call me Cole. How about that? Okay. okay. Be, but then if you, if you ask me about like my personal life, you can call me Coleman. How does okay, that sound? Okay, we'll go into Coleman. Okay, got it. So it's like a personality thing. Okay. Um, well, let me start off. How are you feeling today? Can you see me? Hold on, I didn't hear that. How are you feeling today? 
Today I'm feeling uh, real good. Yesterday I was feeling really sad. Um, but then I woke up today and I was like, wait, I don't have to do anything for the bar right now. So, you know, that's a good feeling. Um, but yesterday I was feeling real, real blue. So, you know, it's like, it's like a daily roller coaster, you know? Totally. Yeah, I imagine. Well, I wanted, I thought it would be good, you know, I was thinking about things to ask you and I thought it'd be good to kind of do a brief, kind of establish like how Coles came to be mm-hmm. and then kind of talk about what the experience has been like during the pandemic. Um, sure. So how did you, I want to go back even before you opened Coles. How did you, did you always know that you wanted to open a bar? No, no, it was, you know, always is kind of a weird question. So I guess the, the way that it came to be was, you know, when I was about like 21, 22 years old, I was always playing in bands at the Mutiny, usually the Mutiny. And then, um, you know, various other similar crappy venues around town. And then we would get a, like a little following going and then we would go like up to the next level, which would be like subterranean or something like that. And it would like seem like we could never make the jump between the small room and the big room. Do you know what I mean? Like we'd, we'd pack out the small room on a Friday night and then we play like subterranean on a Tuesday and it would just feel so sad because, you know, 40 people in a small room is great. And like 40 people in a huge room is like pointless, you know, like you're like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, that was kind of like the, like the germ of the idea um, was like, what if, you know, there could be a place that was in between the small room and the big room, you know what I mean? Or like a super small room and a mid-sized room, I don't know, depending on what your perspective is. And then I went, um, I went back to grad school um, and I got, I got a degree. I needed to get a job and I worked as an, uh, an accountant. Uh, accounting. Okay. Yeah. So I worked as a financial statement auditor for about three to five years, depending on how you look at it. About three years before I started the process of trying to open Cold Bar. And then it took me about two years of like half and half before I got it open. So it was kind of like something that evolved, you know, throughout my 20s. And it sounds like it was actually started more of an idea of a venue rather than a bar. Totally. That was the idea was the venue. I, you know, I'm not like a huge boozer. Um, and so like that was like it was never like the dream of the bar lifestyle. It was always about like trying to have a career in music, trying to have a venue. I guess I forgot to mention that before I started this process, I was like, trying to get internships all around the music world, if that makes sense. So I did some internships at small labels, Dual Jockey, um, and a couple other labels. I was at like an intern at like an early internet radio station. Mm-hmm. I was an intern at a place that produced commercial music. And so I kind of was like just sort of bouncing around trying to find my niche in the, in the music industry, if that makes sense. Did you have like a, a music dream or were you just trying to figure out what that could be? Or was there something that you kind of would have been, you know, if this would have happened or maybe it is happening yeah. that you were kind of hoping for or still hoping for? You know, I, I, in my mind, I was like, it would be super cool if I could be like a record exec, you know, like that was like mm-hmm. the, the, the early dream, like when I was like in high school or something like that. But uh, around the time, you know, my freshman year of college was when Napster came out. Uh-huh. And so like, 
that like the record industry per se was like totally destroyed at like right about the time I was graduating college. So that's why I was kind of like trying to find a niche somewhere else, you know? Okay. Okay. And then how did you, I mean, I'm interested in this too, from a, as a, as a very, very small business owner myself, I'm interested in, yeah. you know, you, it's no small thing to open your own business. Like how did you, you know, sounds like you were working half and half. What did that look like when you were trying to make that leap? You know, it was, it was just, it just took forever. Like, you know, and you know how it is, like, especially with the brick and mortar business, because there's the whole thing, like finding a location, then getting licensing and all that stuff it took forever. Um, you know, being a, an auditor gave me a lot of confidence because what you do is basically spend all day criticizing everyone else's businesses and you see how the uh -huh. accounts flow and the, the money side of it, which is terrifying for a lot of people. So I didn't really have that fear about, you know, a lot of the uh, mechanical unknowns and I was too arrogant to realize what I didn't know about the the other side of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, t it took a long time. You know, it was like, I was, I remember I quit KPMG, which was the firm I was working for. And I was like, yes, this is it. I'm embarking on the life adventure. And then it was like, oh, now I'm looking for another accounting job because, you know, I'm <laughs> out of money and yeah. I'm, you know, taking way too long, you know, like that kind of a thing, you know? Okay. Um, so Coles, did you have a certain neighborhood in mind? Did you have a certain location or how did the location where it's at, how did that come to be chosen? You know, that was very, it was very fortunate. Um, I was living in Logan Square at the time and I was like, man, Logan Square is such a great community. And at, at that time there was really not many options. Um, you know, we were coming out of an era where Logan Square had been trying to close down all liquor establishments um so there was a moratorium on new licenses at that time um and so it really wasn't on my on my plate i was looking all over the city and i had all these like very complicated maps where i was like mapping out the liquor license like locations you know that it goes by location and so i spent about like six months to a year with like highlighters and detailed maps of the city and then i read an article about revolution brewing opening up and like, I was like, wait a second, you know, I know that this stretch in Milwaukee Avenue is supposed to be a liquor moratorium. I wonder if they lifted it and lo and behold, they lifted the moratorium for revolution. Um, before yeah. revolution ever came, came into, into being, you know, when they first started their process. And so Coles was across the street from, from revolution. So if they can allow revolution to have their license and they have to allow me across the street to have my license, that's kind of how I, I got, you know, I saw the location. I was like, oh, this is great. It's on the one block in um, Logan Square where you can even have a license. And okay. then it just took off from there. Okay. Um, that's interesting. So I have a question. I, I was going to ask this a little further down, but I feel like it's good timing now. How do you feel about, I thought about this. You know, that was, was it like 2009 I read that Coles was mm -hmm. established? Um, yeah. How does it feel to you to see the neighborhood change and therefore your client, are your, is your clientele change? Did you want a certain clientele? Or are you just there? Yeah. No, I mean, like I was just there for everybody, but you know, it's been more difficult over the last couple years. It's been a lot more difficult for me business wise, because I feel like a lot of the, the, 
population that likes to go to shows and is into the dive bar experience has just been priced out of the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, as, as well as some of my, you know, I had some, some Latino clientele early on that has, you know, been priced out and a lot of neighborhood folks that have kind of been priced out too. Mm -hmm. So like that was the cornerstone of my business was like neighborhood folks and, um, you know, and like, like people who like to go to shows, you know, those are my two, two elements. And both of those pieces kind of got priced out. Um, so the last couple of years has been sort of a struggle to try and connect with uh, a broader audience, I guess, a less localized audience, which mm -hmm. has been a challenge, you know, but I, I look at it like, well, you know, like these yuppies are people too, and yuppies <laughs> like music. And I, you know, my, my perspective has been if they knew what they were missing, I think they would be like, you know, more inclined to like participate. So that's been, been trying to like communicate across those divide. You know, like I used to work with at KPMG, all kinds of these kinds of frat boy, yuppie guys. Um, and you know, they're people too. And they, and they have like, they, they're interested in art and they're interested in culture, but they're just yes. not like juiced into the scene in the same way. So they just don't have like the access, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's been kind of interesting trying to do that. Um, you know, as far as like populations and socioeconomic stuff, um, you know, that's a different picture and, and it's, it's really complicated. And, you know, in, in many ways it's very sad because, you know, you see Logan Square not being a place that's affordable for families anymore. Um, and, and that's a whole different issue, but, you know, I, I ascribe that to more, uh, structural problems than, than trying to like, you know, put the burden of that on, on a certain person individually, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think, I think I do. Um, <clears throat> well, okay. I think I'm going to, I want to return to kind of normal coals in a little bit, but, um, kind of want to get into like how this has been for you and for the bar for Coleman and for the bar yeah. during the pandemic. So you had to close the bar. Do you remember like the date initially? We closed, we closed the, the, the Friday before St. Patrick's day, which was probably March 16th or something, 14th, maybe. Okay. So, I mean, this is a broad question, but what, what was that like? I mean, how were you feeling? How was the employees feeling during that time? You know, it was, it was pretty terrifying. Just, just the whole thing was just terrifying, you know, trying to make that decision. You know, we made the decision a little bit before the city did, but I only thought it was going to be for two weeks. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was the, what I thought it was. And I think that's what we all kind of thought yeah. it was like, okay, we're going to go on lockdown for two weeks and then it will be better. Right. And you know, it, it's just been sort of crazy just to, to watch it stretch out and to, for the goalposts to keep moving back from like, okay, now it's going to be two weeks. Now it's going to be two months. And now I'm thinking maybe a year, you know, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Chris said March 13th. And so March 13th. Yeah. And so you were, uh, you were able to reopen on what date? Uh, June 26th. Um, so about a month ago, exactly a month ago. Yeah, about a month ago. Um, so 
how old is it like to, I mean, what was that? I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of asking about your experience to kind of, were you keeping on top of, you know, the phases that they were trying to roll out, what those were going to look like? Did you anticipate when Coles might be able to open again, you know, between March? Yeah, I was kind of, you know, I've been following it really closely. Um, frankly, I was a little shocked that they opened it up as soon as they did, mm -hmm. but there was kind of a financial imperative uh, for Coles to, to open up, you know, like, and I don't know, you know, like, like we were saying, like the goalpost keeps moving. And I thought at the time that there was a possibility that as a society, we could do a half open, if you know what I mean, like a very slow, careful opening um, and that it could be reasonably safe uh, long term. So that was, that was kind of the goal is to try and open up, just make enough to make rent, just make enough to pay payroll. Mm -hmm and sort of limp along at like quarter occupancy for as long as possible. And then, you know, as that month went by, it just got like increasingly more and more and more terrifying. You know what I mean? How so? Uh, you know, I mean, just following the cases around the country and just, you know, every day being on the Chicago coronavirus tracker and watching the number of cases each day go up like by one case, two case, four case, and you know just wondering like what what's the next step and 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 really what are the options you know so let's see i had a question in mind um i feel like i sorry i'm just taking a moment i know it's a lot right it's crazy it is a lot i mean were, I guess I don't want to ask anything that's too, just let me know if it's like you'd rather not discuss it, but was Coles able to get any of the like assistance for businesses? Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great question. So, you know, we, we got the first round of PPP, which came, of course, you know, a month late. And then it allowed us to pay about a month of rent and payroll for eight weeks mm -hmm. when nobody was working. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So. I, I don't, I think the value is kind of dubious. I mean, it's good to have the one month of rent, which was good. Yeah. And then the PPP ended and that's when we had to like open up because the money was gone. Uh, you know, the, the business was very close to being out of money totally. Mm -hmm. um, and then just this last week, I got another loan from the SBA, which I think theoretically will allow me to like, pay rent for the next year oh. and then but that one is not a grant so that's a loan uh yes. but then okay. i can figure out the loan paying off the loan later it's kind of like i got like a credit card you know what i mean and i'm the like i'll just throw it on the card and then figure it out later you know that's yeah. kind of how it feels yeah what i remember my question what so you you reopened on june 26 and then what was that like i haven't really gone into many um public places what was it like to have a bar with people wearing masks and what did it feel like yeah. to be in there you know it was interesting so so we all got together all the staff that was that was coming back and wanted to be part of the reopening we got together and we moved all the the tables around uh with the guidelines i think the guidelines were good i mean it was you know pretty safe in there at least the way that we were running it was pretty safe everybody was very far apart we had a huge plastic 
like drop cloth across the whole bar and we did orders like it was like a coffee shop or something like you wait in line distance you get uh -huh. your order then you bring it back to your table take mm -hmm. off your mask and drink it uh you know the problem was is you know aside from from just doing that in general is a little bit riskier than than probably you want to be because people have to take off your mask you are indoors yeah um it's not fun, you know, like we, it's hard to get business in that environment because nobody, like all the things that make going to a bar special are like, you know, forbidden. So like, yeah. why would you go and sit with a face mask to then go sit in a booth by yourself and drink a beer with your mask off in a room essentially by yourself? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's that interpersonal contact that makes the bar so special. And, and that was like the kind of the struggle, like why would anybody come here we didn't really feel comfortable telling people like come on down this is so much fun like you should do this you know yes. it was a very strange place to be in you know did you get a lot of people coming in no i mean we would probably get like on average on a good night maybe 15 customers total mm -hmm. on a bad night two or three customers you know and like compare that to like you know you've been to Coles when on a pack show there might be like 300 people in there yeah you know so like it it was it was slim you know like it was tough uh but at the time it seemed like the best choice and and i think it was the right choice for that time and i i don't know that i'll be opening up again anytime soon before there's some kind of broader societal solution um but for the time that we did the best we could you know so how is coleman experiencing all of this uh you know, it's sometimes I feel real extremely stressed out. Like the, the money part has been extremely stressful um, as far as the business is concerned, you know, but uh, personally, like our family is, is good money wise, which has been a blessing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my wife, Sarah, is, is able to still do therapy, mm -hmm. which has been great, you know, because she's able to like, you know, pay the bills and you know we have not suffered suffered like personal financial need so you know in some ways like uh it's been stressful on the business end but like personally we have so much to be thankful for and knowing that there's so many people out there you know without even that you know it's, it's just like you know i can't complain and there's been some a lot of really nice times it's been really great with my kids you know like yeah. it's been great to be home with my kids every day mm -hmm. um so you know it's it's like that split of you know like sometimes you get in your head and you're worried about the business and all this stuff that's going on with it but every once in a while like you just have to step back and just look at the world and just think about like you know i'm so lucky and i'm so lucky to have had the chance even if i never get to do this again i'm so lucky i had the chance to have this lifestyle for a decade you know like it's so unique and it's such a privilege and um so i'm good you know like like sometimes i'm like real sad and sometimes i'm really stressed out but but i'm good you know which is good you know trying to keep perspective does it i mean do yeah you really, totally. do you wonder that if like this if you might not be able to continue I, you know, I think it's probably, you know, with this loan, I think we'll, it's most likely we'll be okay if there's a, a, a vaccine by, by next summer. Mm -hmm. But if that doesn't happen, I, you know, I think if the yeah. odds are whatever your guess is as good as mine, I mean, yeah. if it doesn't happen, this is not coming back, you know? Yeah. Um, Did so you I don't, I don't know.
before, yeah, I feel like the scientists are the heroes right now, are gonna be the heroes. Yeah. Are you a, so before all this happened, did you have any, what were you thinking for Coles? Just kind of keep it going as is? Did you wanna yeah. expand or do a new bar? What were you, what were you thinking? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I can be honest, I was thinking about getting a job. You know, I was job hunting in uh, December and January. Uh -huh. um, just because I, I want to get out of the, the nightlife a little bit. Yeah. You know, I want to have like a schedule that's more in, in step with my family, with my kids, you know, them going to school and, and Sarah working weekdays mostly. Yeah. Um, and so that was my, my plan as of that time was try and get a job and have Morgan uh, manage the show over there at Coles and sort of transition that off. Um, now I don't know, like, you know, I'm not really job hunting that much anymore because I'm planning on being being home a lot with the kids while Sarah's working. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm I'm also little... like a little bit energized for the new challenges. You know what I mean? It's kind sure. of cool to have a new challenge and and feel like reengaged with something that I haven't dealt with before. You know, intellectually, which is good. Yeah. What kind of work were you thinking about? Getting into it. I was like, I, you know, I mean, and, and still I'm open to this, by the way, if anybody out there has a real good <laughs> office job, I was like, an office job with uh, health care and maybe a, even a pension, if I dare to dream, would be, you know what I mean? Like something like that, that I could just, you know, this is so unpredictable, this business. It would be nice to have something like that where you could just clock in and clock out, you know? For this, was there anything... Before the pandemic, was there anything you had experienced through the life of Coles that threw you off in kind of a big way? I, I think I think it's the, the neighborhood change was was tough for me, you know, trying to figure out that piece. Because um, that's not something that I had really anticipated. And, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years, but I'm not an expert businessman at all. And, and that was like a, a challenge that was hard for me to crack, you know, and I, I think that I, you know, I don't know what would have happened if the pandemic hadn't come along to like sort of turn everything on its tail, but like that challenge of trying to reach out to an audience that's interested in other things was, uh, and it's just in a different place, a different lifestyle was, was kind of something that threw me a little bit, you know? Yeah, for sure. How do you, I know you can't speak for them, but through your observations and interactions, how do you feel like your employees have been doing? I think they've been remarkably positive and they've been, uh, you know, for the most part able to access the, the extended um, unemployment up to this point. Mm -hmm. I don't know what will happen two weeks from now. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really worried about the uncertainty that that, that uh, presents. You know what I mean? And, and back to what I was saying, like, I'm lucky that Sarah has a job that she's able to produce income. We can pay our mortgage. We can pay for food. We can pay for health care and all that stuff. I mean, like, I, I really worry about my employees and also about, you know, America and the world as at large. You know, like, I don't know how people will pay for basic necessities with without work, without jobs, and without income, you know? Yeah. Um, one question I have, this is purely from the outside, but it feels to me, and maybe your employees would disagree with this, but it feels to me as though you pull off a good balance of being a manager and a leader 
while also keeping a very positive energy. Everyone seems like they're really into it. There, it's not just yeah. like grunt work or whatever. I mean, they feel like devoted to the bar and the feel of it. And how do you approach like your, your management style? Is that conscious? Is that? I, I think so. You know, it is conscious. You know, when I was working at the corporate job, um, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go have my own business is to, to not have to deal with a shitty boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's kind of in my head about like, what is a shitty boss and what's not a shitty boss. Um, but also, you know, like it's, it's great because up to this point, I've been able to be there quite a bit and have a lot of control mm -hmm. over the environment and what goes on and see the expectations firsthand. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot where you have bosses that want people to do things that they're not willing to do yeah. or, uh, don't understand the struggles of what their employees are facing. And, you know, even up until the end, I was there many nights a week on the worst nights, the busiest nights. Mm -hmm. And just feeling those struggles and being a part of that struggle, I think, really helps. Just to, to know, like, you know, for instance, like, if you have some bartenders and they leave the, the bar kind of sloppy, you know, I know when I see that, that it's because they had a good night the night before and that they're tired from working so hard, you know? And like other managers might be like, oh, why'd you leave it sloppy, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? But just to yeah. know like, you know, it's because of other challenges, you know? I don't know. Just to be present like that, I think helps. Okay. Um, well, this is a, a kind of a dumb question, but what is your opinion on television or TVs and bars? There's no TVs and coals, right? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's very strange now because now we all have a TV in our pocket, which was not something that, ha that happened in 2009 when I started. Um, I don't like TVs in bars because I feel like it, it draws people away from the human contact portion of it, you know, and I think that's what the special thing about a bar is, is being in humanity, uh, meeting people, interacting with the bartender. When you don't have a TV, the bartender is like forced to talk to the customers and the customers are forced to talk to the bartender yeah. out of boredom or whatever. And I think it's a real special dynamic. And it, you know, it has kind of changed a little bit with phones because now everybody can zone out on their phone and it takes a little yes. bit of the community aspect out of it. Um, but I, I just think the TV is a huge distraction, you know, and like if I'm not a sports fan, if I was more of a sports fan, I could see that communal aspect to the sports. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just don't care about sports. And so I, you know, I, I always find it distracting if I'm in a bar, there's TV, it ruins my experience, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, one of the things that, you know, I'm, I wanted to ask, I mean, I'm more involved in the music scene, but Coles is also a huge part of the comedy scene. And, um, how are, you know, are you in touch with the, what well, kind of know that you are through the Zoom, but can you tell people about like how the comedy has been working and are you guys still doing the Wednesday nights Zoom comedy? Uh, so we did, we, we put the Wednesday night Zoom on vacation for July, just kind of while we figured out, uh, you know, how the reopen, the, the physical reopening was gonna go. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, I think the Zoom was very successful as far as a uh, community thing for a while, for the first couple months, mm -hmm. 
I don't know what the new dynamic is going to be. I think people are kind of getting uh, zoomed out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was, it's been really nice to be able to kind of connect with the community virtually in that way. Um, and it does have some, some feeling of, of being at a live show, which is nice. Um, obviously, it's not perfect, but I guess I, guess, I don't know. The, the, there's a big question mark there as far as, like, what's the next step for that? I'm still trying to figure that out. So you don't know if it's going to resume? resume i really don't i really don't know i i don't know at this point you know like we we put it on vacation to try and phys figure out the physical bar aspect and then like the aftermath of what will happen next i'm, I'm kind of taking the weekend off from thinking about it and then <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> then on Monday I'll have to start thinking about the next step so i, I really don't know you know um we, I mean, I'll say that we tuned in a few times, and I wasn't sure how live comedy would come across on Zoom, but it was really fun. I mean, it yeah. was, uh, people were great. Um, it really felt like, it's not the same, but I really enjoyed it. Um, let's yeah. see, I'll ask a couple more questions. Um, what's it like to be married to a therapist? Uh, you know, I think it's very unsatisfying <laughs> because um no it's great it's great actually sarah's sarah's a wonderful person it's great to be married to sarah but as far as being married to a th therapist it's unsatisfying because a she doesn't give me any of the good dirt that i, I want to gossip about all her clients but i don't know anything about them she doesn't tell me anything i don't know what they look like i don't know their names i don't know their stories so you know like when i come home from the bar i want to be like oh you won't guess what so and so did today you know what i mean like yeah. there's that and then also, I always want her to like, uh, you know, be more present for me and be my therapist. Yeah. Which of course, as as you know, like you have no energy for anyone else's you bullshit know, when you're done with like. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, like when you're done with your six sessions a day or whatever, you're like, fuck your feelings, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always need some quiet time afterwards. It's just it's a lot. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um. And I guess, you know, the last question I have is more, how can people support Coles and your employees, you know, during this time right now? Um, if you guys have any good jobs that I think that the employees would be good for, like reach out to them. They need jobs. And I guess, I don't know that there really is a good way to, oh wait, oh wait, hold on. Um, next week, save our stages. That's the thing that, that us in the business are trying to do mm -hmm. um, to try and get some kind of a bailout for live music, um, which I think is important. Uh, you know, maybe not as important as, uh, you know, police issues or, or food insecurity or any of the real, real issues. Yeah. But I think it is important that, you know, for uh, an industry that's so important to, uh, American culture, I, I think it's good to have a plan for that industry that it doesn't end up owned by Live Nation. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so that's the legislative push that's going on next week. Tuesday, I think, is going to be the big day for it. I'll share it on social media. For the employees, uh, I will, everybody should be you know, messaging their senators and congresspeople about uh, extending the unemployment mm -hmm. uh, benefits. Which, which is real big, uh, you know, if there can be a long-term plan for unemployment, then that'll be huge huge for America and for my employees. Mm -hmm. But then other than that, there's not really much you can do for like us right now. We're just gotta be in hibernation mode and 
cross our fingers, I guess. And if you have good jobs, hire my employees. They're amazing. You know, they're, they're really good at what they do. They're really good at anything they do, you know? Some people, this isn't possible or not thinking about it, but I, I know of a couple people and a couple clients who are thinking about, you know, starting their own business or their own venue and they're using this time to kind of learn about things. And do you have any, I'm sure you have a lot, but do you have any, you know, quick advice for anybody who wants to think about starting their own thing? I think this is a great time. I, I really do. Um, if you have some money saved or if you have a way to get to get to what you need, you know, I think this is a really good time uh, because a lot of the big money, I think, is maybe not so prevalent mm -hmm. in, in the scene right now. You know, the big money is, I think, possibly sitting on the sidelines waiting to make an investment. And, and when big money is involved, you can't make anything happen from the grassroots, if that makes any sense. Yeah. When I opened Kohl's, it was right in the middle or at the beginning of the of the last financial crisis and it i don't think i would have been able to do it if it wasn't for that right um you know i don't think my landlord would have ever let me rent from him mm -hmm. uh if he wasn't desperate and you know just it costs a lot of money to get going and stuff like you know construction costs are always cheaper in a down economy real estate, rent, all of those, those fixed costs are much cheaper now. And so now would be an excellent time to get going. Uh, knowing that you're not going to make any money for the next several years anyway, um, you know, start out with a, a low cost basis. And, and I think it would be, it's a great time. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Um, thank you for coming on. Anything else that you wanted to say or share? I just thank you. And thanks for doing this. And, and, you know, it's, Nice to have a free therapy session, and I appreciate you. And um, how is your family doing? And how's your little baby? And, and how are you guys doing? We're good. We're, I mean, you know, David's, uh, he's not working, and he was working at IO and IO Folded and Second Cities, I think, pretty fragile right now, too. So he's not sure yeah. where his work is going. So, but I'm, as a therapist, I'm working, and, and honestly, even if things are, you know, a little weird right now, we are getting a lot of family time. and. There's, yeah. there's a lot to be glad about that it wouldn't look this way. So for, for us, right. we're doing okay. But I know for other people, it's much harder. So so thanks. We're doing fine. Yeah. I miss Kohl's. Yeah. I miss, uh, it's one of my favorite places. I think that the vibe, you know, I was talking about you and the employees and the energy everybody brings. I think that just carries through the whole bar. And there's just something about it that I've always really loved and I very much miss. And, um, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on the show and, and sharing. Well, cool, man. Now you're going to make me cry. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I look forward to going to the Jessica Risker live show at some point in 2025 or whatever it is. <laughs> well, you can catch me streaming tomorrow night uh, through Lincoln Hall. She was. So there you go. How does that work? Is it like, do they, you just do it at home and then they web host it or how, how is it? They're going to host it on Instagram. Not... Same thing. Yeah. Um, it'll okay. be through their page. So yeah, tomorrow night, 730. Well, cool. I'll have to check it out and I'll, I'll okay. see how it works when they do it. Yeah. Okay. Now I got to do my research now. This is great. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Paul. All right. Thanks, Jess. Okay. Bye. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and staying with Cole uh, as you talked about things. Um, I'm going to keep this up. I'm going to put it all on YouTube. Oh, I didn't mention that this is officially a podcast now, so you can listen as podcast form on Spotify and iTunes. Um, I'm going to play a song. It's a new song. 
and tomorrow night I'm going to be doing, like I said, a Three Lincoln Hall set that will involve several new songs, some old songs, and so I'm going to try, try one of my new ones out now. Let me get set here. Um, big thanks to my bandmate Josh who brought over my guitar I haven't seen for several months. Uh, so I can play. I do have other guitars, but check. Okay, so this is a this is a brand new song. I wrote this through a songwriting club. We meet every couple weeks and we share new songs. Uh, it's been great to have the deadline, the accountability, and just the social part. If you guys are looking for some kind of community like that, we we've got one you can join or you can start one. But it's been it's been really nice during this time. Um, and this one's called Twirl Planet Twirl. Catch you. I'm going to try to do another one next week and next Saturday.
I will see you guys there.